Hello, this is a little spooky podcast about things that spook us just a little bit. Things like aliens, cryptids, conspiracies, or when you go through the McDonald's drive-thru and you get your meal with a side of barbecue sauce and you go home to eat your fast food and then the barbecue sauce is actually from Burger King. What? Why? What? What? My name is Everett. And I'm Colleen. That's never, that's literally never happened. No, me neither. I'm just, oh, just, just saying it would be spooky. really weird. It would be, it would be a little <laughs> spooky, I guess. Sure. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm good. I've been playing through Resident Evil 8 Village. And? It's, it's some spooky stuff. I'm not really far at all in the game, but that vampire lady sure is tall. Tall? Yeah, she's nine Is that feet. the adjective you'd use to describe her? I mean, of many, tall is the first one. She is large. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I don't know. I love Resident Evil in this game. I'm loving it. Great. Good. I, I also, before we get into today's episode too, I just want to like run something by you. Okay. I don't think we're really going to talk about this ever because it seems like it's pretty much over anyway. Mm-hmm. But have you been following this cult that was in the news? Love has won. Yes, I think I'm the one who told you about it. But I've been looking into it. (laughs) It's weird. It's crazy stuff. Like, they are probably one of the most public, like, internet public cults in, like, internet history. Which is interesting because I had not heard of them until I, like, randomly read an article way, 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 way down on my news app feed. Just for reference, the reason that they were in the news is because their cult leader, I don't even know her name, I don't remember it, but she died. And she was found in the home of one of her followers, along with several other followers. Her corpse was mummified and strung with Christmas lights. And they were like worshiping her like an idol. Okay, it sounds weird, but... Did you know that in every Catholic church, there is some sort of relic? Of like a saint or of something. Of like a yes. saint. I, like a fingernail I, or a toe. I, I understand. And that is also creepy. I'm just saying with this, it's like a full mummified corpse of a recently deceased person. But like Christmas lights wrapped around her. Yeah, that her. is a little... Well, it's festive. It is festive. <laughs> but the, the I just wanted to talk about it because it's crazy how like... I guess they had a quite a large following, but I didn't know about it till that story happened. And apparently they had YouTube live streams daily, hmm. like hours and hours long, just talking and talking about their beliefs and like their interactions with each other and stuff. Like, that's why I say it's like one of the most public cults in recent history, maybe all of history, because usually cults like keep to themselves. I mean, they want to bring in people, but... There's been plenty of cults with internet videos out there. But daily live streams, like eight hours long. I mean, that's a lot of time. It's a lot of time. Anyway, I don't know. I just wanted to talk about it because it's just a very fascinating story. But yeah. So what are we talking about today, Colleen? Today, we are talking about a listener request. This request comes from our listener, Javi. And we are going to talk about the Dominican mythological being, the Siguapa. 
Seguapa? Have you ever heard of this? No. And, and that makes sense because... I mean, I yeah, I have no Hispanic heritage. Oh, right. So. Well, I mean, you've heard of like the Chupacabra and... Yeah, that's true. La Llorona, other kind of myths. That's true. This... I had never heard of until Javi had sent us an Instagram message. So I looked it up. It's almost exclusively a Dominican myth. Okay. Like it's not, you know, pervasive among Latin America in general. It seems to only kind of centralize among the Dominican people. Cool. So this is going to be something that probably a lot of people haven't heard of if it's very like... Uh, isolated to that one country. Yes, and it is super interesting and cool. Though, before I start talking about it, I just want to mention that because it is localized in such a small percentage of people, researching it and finding, like, specific stories was really difficult, especially in English. Sure. I do have some Spanish background, so I did look for resources in Spanish, but I will point out I have not spoken Spanish in probably like five years, like eight years. So my Spanish is rusty. Javi, send us an Instagram message. Let us know if I covered this correctly, what I'm missing. Cool. But this is a super interesting story. So we're talking about the Siguapa. And and it's the Siguapa? Siguapa. Siguapa. Okay. We're going to talk about what it is, where it comes from, and whether or not it might actually exist. So this, this kind of falls in that realm between cryptid, myth, and urban legend, and folklore. Kind of like the black-eyed children. Like, would you call that a cryptid? Or no, a, mean- an, a legend? Uh, yeah, I'd call it more of a legend just because cryptids usually are like, they bring to mind animals, but like. Right, right, exactly. They, yeah. So to me, I'm, I'm going to kind of refer to this more as a folktale. Sure. Okay, so we're going to start with a little visualization. On our audio format. On our audio format. <laughs> Sit back, listeners. Imagine that you, Everett. Mm-hmm. Are a young man. I don't have to. Right, you are. You <laughs> are a young man. So imagine yourself. Okay. You're walking through the lush forests of the Dominican Republic, which I like to point out covers 40% of the country. Wow. It's pretty intense. You're walking alone through this beautiful forest, lush greenery. It's amazing. So uh, what are you doing there? <laughs> I mean, What's you, you put me there. Yeah. Um, I guess I am. I'm just taking a afternoon stroll after a light lunch, and I'm just looking for a nice tree stump or fallen tree to sit on and relax. Cool. Cool. That sounds uh, cool. Cool. Nice. Oh, <laughs> you put me. You put me <laughs> in this position. I don't know. All right. Well, I, I don't know. I'm just, just wondering, like, what you think you'd be doing in the forest. Interesting. You're just on a post-lunch stroll, essentially. I, I, yeah, I guess. Okay. I don't know. You give me a little more of the work, please. <laughs> so you're walking, right? And you, yes. you hear this well, sound. Well, I'm sitting. Okay. Well, now you're sitting. Okay, you're sitting on a stump, resting. <laughs> and you hear this sound. 
Okay, that's what you think you would say, but really, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, damn, that's the sexiest sound I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> oh, life. That's what you like, were going damn, for. Damn, that is so hot. That's what you were going for? No, it's just that's, you hear that, and that is the first thought that comes to your mind. Okay. So, you decide to get up off your stump, <laughs> and you're like, you want to find the source of that noise. So, you're walking around, and you hear, so attractive and suddenly from behind a tree you see it it's a small woman a small woman not tall okay with either blue or brown skin let's say brown she's got brown skin she's totally naked 100 percent naked nice but (laughs) but she has Bud is involved, but she has long, amazing, luscious, shiny hair that you would be totally jealous of. And it goes all the way down to her ankles. That's what I want. Basically, this sheet of hair covers her like clothes, but she's still naked. Like, you know, she's naked. What color is the hair? Black. Very long, black, luscious hair. So like my metal dream? Yeah. Sure. Well, they. she basically looks like you found um, an indigenous woman with beautiful hair who happens to be kind of small. And goes, uh. Yes. And she doesn't speak. She goes, uh. Okay. So you're like, cool. Cool. It's just a lady. Naked lady. I mean, <laughs> does she need help or something? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I guess I, I, I mean, if we're doing role play, I guess I would say, hello. Yeah. My name is Everett. While you're doing that, do you like you shaking her hand? You like? Well, I mean, if she just appears, I'm assuming she's still a distance from me. So yeah, I'm, she's like peeking out behind a tree. Yeah, I'm just waving. Okay, but do you, do you like look into her eyes? Typically, that's what a human would do. You are now bewitched. Oh, yes. <laughs> you're totally bewitched. You looked in her eyes. So she starts, she turns around, she starts walking away from you. I follow. Yes, you do. You follow her back to her lair, which is a cave or a tree or something. And two things happen. One, you guys totally do it. Whoa. Two, she sucks out your life force and eats you piece by piece and then leaves your bones in her lair. Worth it? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) So like a, a succubus situation. Yes. Essentially a, a succubus. That is the one thing that was very interesting about reading this. It follows the pattern of a lot of other cultures' folklore. So this is the, the Dominican's version of a succubus, but it's just very specific circumstances. Essentially, yes. Okay. The other thing it kind of reminded me of was a, a mermaid. Yeah, like a siren. Like you hear yeah. that sound, a siren. Yes, you hear the sound of the singing and you're attracted to it. You find it and then you like are dashed upon the rocks. I don't think the sirens had coitus though. Yeah, no, in this case, you totally do it. Totally get it on in the cave or whatever. You kept, you keep referring to it as it, but it is female. Yes, yes. There are instances of both female and male okay. siguapas. So all of the descriptions that I read were of female 
Enticing men. Enticing men. Though it is mentioned there are male instances of male siwapas enticing women. But but no homosexual relations. None that I came across, but again, there's a whole wide internet that I don't have access to. (laughs) So from everything I've read watched and heard because i listened to like a couple spanish podcasts i listened i watched a little some videos i read as many articles as i could which i will admit there's not much out there this at least to us i'm sure there is quite a bit like correct right and that's why i if you if this is a story that was told to you when you were growing up or part of your you know cultural folklore Totally reach out to us and tell us the story that you were told. From my basic understanding, Siguapa is short, beautiful-looking, brown or dark blue-skinned person with very long, luscious hair. The blue throws me off a little bit. I feel like blue I associate with someone that's dead. Mm Mm-hmm. Could be. That's a little creepy. I don't like that. Well, there's one thing that I did not mention because we skipped over it in our role playing. You looked straight into her eyes and followed her. Uh You didn't notice that her feet were completely backwards. Uh A little bit of a turn off. (laughs) (laughs) This is interesting because you said blue skin reminds you of dead. Mm -hmm. Backwards feet. Some people have made the connection that it's like leading you towards your doom, like away from the light. Okay. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. And when she walks, Mm -hmm. is she walking with her face pointing in the direction? So she's walking. She's walking like a normal person. But like just the only the feet are backwards. Only the the feet are backwards. Yep. Okay. So basically, she it makes them difficult to track because their feet are pa- facing the opposite direction in which they're walking. I mean, if you know what you're looking for, it's not that yes, difficult. You right. just do the opposite direction. Exactly. <laughs> right. The Siguapa is a story a lot like the Wendigo in that people tell their children about this. To keep them from wandering off alone into the forest. I'm sure they take out the doing it part. Yeah, I was going to say, this seems like an odd one to use as a cautionary tale for children. Not every story that I read had the sexual component, but a lot of them did. That seemed to be, that's kind of what made it the succubus sort of thing. It entices you and then you do it and it eats you like a, what are those called? Those... Bugs? (laughs) Bugs? <laughs> you can't see my little hands right now. She's like doing a weird like... What are the praying mantis? Oh, okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I One thing I do want to say too, I feel like they would be very good at like perching themselves on a tree limb because their feet are backwards, but their knees are in like a regular human position. So mm-hmm. you can bend forward, but then use your feet... And like the back of your feet where the toes are mm-hmm. to grasp the branch. So it is mentioned in a lot of places that they live in the trees. Yeah, that would I make mean, sense. Th- this is a cultural folk tale. So obviously there's tons of different variations, but generally they live in the forest, in caves, or like in the treetops. 
there that to me this sounds like a like you know like a boogeyman story like something you tell your kids at night like around a campfire but there are actually people in the Dominican Republic who have claimed to have had encounters or seen a ciguapa encounters right okay here's here's the problem i looked everywhere for stories like actual story eyewitness stories the problem i think is most of these stories are probably passed down from like you know grandfather to grandkid you know like told at the dinner table sure they're not written down in a collection and put online especially not in english So Um, I could not find any actual stories of people who have had encounters, but I did read in multiple places that people have claimed to have had physical encounters with them. Physical encounters. Well, again, I don't have any descriptions (laughs) about what may or Um, may not have occurred during said encounter. In in your initial description, I I was, I'm going to be honest. I was a little distracted that actual sex happens. Um, <laughs> but you you said that she like eats you. She she actually eats you or does she like drain your energy during sex? Or this is another one where like there were multiple versions, but it seems more like you are physically eaten. Like she It's like that spider. Kind of like vampire spider. Sort of thing. Yeah. Some some stories I read, like, she takes you apart piece by piece and eats you. Other stories says she, like, sucks the blood out of you and you're mummified. And she keeps your body around. Well, like that cult. <laughs> yes, actually. <laughs> Full circle. Yeah. So, some other interesting things to note about the Siguapa. They cannot be captured. Because... They die of stress or sadness within days of being captured. What does that remind you of? A bird. Yes, kind of. Oh, really? <laughs> kind of, yes. But also, have you heard of, like, mermaids? Generally, the legend is if you catch a mermaid, they are so sad to be away from the sea that they die. Oh, I, is yeah, that not I, I don't know too much about, like, mermaids in general other than the Disney movie. Okay. But, like, yeah. I didn't make that connection at all. I was just thinking of like an animal that's taken from its home. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of what the implication is. Like they're so much a part of the forest that you can't take them away. They're like the protectors of the forest. They're they're one with the Yes. The trees. Right. The other interesting thing to note is the only way to catch one is with a brown and white dog that has polydactyly. AKA thumbs extra. Toes. Oh yeah, that's right. The extra one. I don't, I could not find any information and, about that. And it has to be a brown and white, dog. brown and white dog with multiple extra toes. What, I, what? I looked, I no, looked, I know, I know. I, I'm sure it was very difficult to find anything about that. I'm just wondering what is the, like, what is the dog going to do? I don't know. <laughs> they didn't, there was no descriptions about the actual hunt, what the dog did. Like, what the point of the extra toes was? Yeah, does an extra toe give them more grasping power to take them away? I don't know. Anyway, that's just a thing. So you can catch them, but it will die. I don't think that's super common in dogs either. I know it's a lot more common in cats. cats. Yeah, like those little mitten cats. Yeah. I don't know. 
Especially, you'd have to find a brown and white one. True. I wonder if you, like, just paint it. Does that count? Don't know, man. Probably not. <laughs> so that's the one version of the Siguapa. Basically, a succubus luring men with her sexy backwards feet into the cave to eat their bods. It's a... It's a- good creature for the next Resident Evil game, I think. Yeah, and well, and I will post some pictures that I found, or like drawings. It is the coolest slash creepiest thing to see, because it looks like just a person with long hair. And then the you feet. look at the feet and you're like, whoa. So that's one version. There's a very different version of the Siguapa that I also read about that showed up multiple times in my research. This version has all the same attributes, but they don't have the backwards feet. It's basically like a very small person. They sleep in the treetops. This version eats nuts and fish and stuff. They just like live in the forest. They're part of the forest. They're one with the forest. I didn't realize fish lived in trees. Well, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So this version of the Siguapa is said to have lived within the mountains of the Dominican long before the first indigenous people crossed into it. And in the legends that are more similar to this story, the Siguapa comes out at night to steal food from villages and houses, but if they see people, they run away. So they're not necessarily dangerous, they're just... They're like another creature that is scared of humans. So it's like almost the exact opposite. So Mm -hmm. they're not trying to entice people, they're just staying away from them. Right. Okay. This is kind of, this version is less spooky than the the first one I told you, but it's actually the original version of the legend of the Siguapa. A lot of people attribute the idea of the Siguapa to originate from the Taino people, the original indigenous people of mm-hmm. the Dominican Republic. They inhabited the region before, obviously, white colonists got to it. However... The first mention of the Siguapa was in a novel written by Francisco Guridi, published in 1866. In his story, a male Siguapa spies a young couple at a river getting water, and he gets so jealous that there's an instant connection made between him and the girl in the couple, and it later eventually leads to the death of both of them. So... The legend could have originated earlier mm-hmm. than this story, but everything that I read seems to indicate that this author may have created the concept of the Siguapa. Or, or he at or least was the, the very first to write it one. down. Yeah. Well, it was a fictional story. Right. I mean, it's the first documented tale. Correct. Right. I don't, he, maybe he had heard the story previously and I, he's I'm the first say, one to write it yeah, down. Yeah, I'm going to say he probably wasn't the first one because it seems like that was way too recent. Yeah, it's interesting how pervasive the myth has gotten in only, what? 160 years. years, yeah. I I feel like it had to have been a tale he picked up. Well, and you never know, but the thing is, because we don't know that and that's the earliest record, the assumption is that he created it, which is kind of disappointing, right? That like... And where was he from? The Dominican Republic. Oh, okay. For some reason, whatever you had said, it made me think it was like some like white British colonist. No, no, that, no, like, no. Made a myth up for the Dominicans. I'm no, like, that's not. Cool. No, this was a local okay. man. Cool. 
The legend of the Saguapa seems to kind of be a weird mix of a bunch of different folktales, like we talked about witches, mermaids, succubi. If it's true that the legend wasn't created until 1866, that could make sense because colonization would have spread European folklore around mm-hmm. the idea of succubi. Or it's hard for me to believe that the indigenous people did not have their own concept of a succubi, succubus. I mean, at least in like the land of like the United States, like all the indigenous people here, a lot of different tribes had their own versions of succubi tales. Right. So I feel like, I mean, it's something that's just kind of like a cultural. Yes. Like instinctual. And what does that say about people? Mm. Something that's stealing your life in your sleep. A women that are stealing your life in your sleep. What does that say about women? Or sometimes men stealing from women. It's usually just the opposite sex that you're, I assume, attracted to. Yes. But it does seem like it's mostly women. I will <laughs> I will say that. Yes. Well, I mean it's it's that's another interesting thing. It's super interesting to me that the same concept, same folklorical concept would spontaneously evolve in completely different cultures like unrelated to each other. And I think we we briefly discussed this in our, in the sleep paralysis mm-hmm. episode we did at my personal thought on that is it's just the natural reaction mm-hmm. to nightmares and sleep paralysis because you have that sinking pressure on your chest and you just, you know, assume because you're sleeping and you might be aroused as well because that's what your brain is doing. Mm-hmm. You just make that connection subconsciously. Sure. Well, okay. So we have mermaids, which I'm just guessing here, but I think they evolved from. Like we said, Greek sirens, beautiful human-like women with beguiling voices that lure men to their deaths. Then we've got the general succubus, which is a demon that takes the shape of a woman or a man to seduce men and then steal their souls. And the origin of the succubus legend is pretty interesting. Most people trace it back to the story of Lilith. Yep, As we, in, and we talked about that. Sure, Adam's first wife. She claimed that she was equal to Adam, and when he didn't agree, she became a demon who sickened male children. Somehow, the legend evolved into her becoming a vengeful spirit that kills men. I, and I will point out, too, when you say Adam's first wife, that's according to some people. Yeah, I don't think it's that's not actually in the, in the Bible. No. Right. I always thought that Lilith was just like the first demon created by Lucifer. I never really put it together that she was... To some people, the first wife of Adam. I believe in the original story, she... So Adam is made out of dirt. Mm-hmm. And she was also made out of dirt. So that's what made them equals. And then when, when oh, Eve was made, Eve she was, was made, made from, from Adam's rib and therefore was not an equal. Mm. But again, that, the, the Lula thing is also not in the Bible. It's just according to these myths from other adjacent religions and beliefs. Correct. I'm not actually sure. I think it's actually a a, a Jewish legend. Uh, it's not like in the Torah, but I think there's some Jewish sects that believe that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, go on. So to me, that's kind of where the origin, like those legends, if it did in fact evolve, like come from 1866, the story of La Suguapa, that could be the explanation of where the concept of the saguapa comes from. Sure. So, like, what's with the backwards feet, though? Yeah. 
it could be a way to distinguish that they're not human because they look human. They are attractive like humans. Think mermaids. They look human and then you look at them and they're actually half fish. Right. So they're they're super sexy until bam, backwards hoof. Hoof? I don't know. I just like the word hoof. So this is a common way in a lot of folk myths, like I said, mermaids, to highlight that something is not human. In a Hindu myth, there's ghosts that take on a human form and the only way you can tell they're not human, backwards feet. Okay. I was actually, and I will admit this to everyone listening, I was just Googling something on my phone while Colleen was saying that because I feel like I had heard that from someone mm-hmm. before. And as I found what I was thinking of, Colleen also said it. Too. Yes. So, yes. yes. So that's the only other one I could find that specified backwards feet in general. Yeah. But I think it's just kind of supposed to make them an other. Right. And having them, the backwards feet could, again, be kind of symbolic as... leading you towards or away from you know the purity of your regular life and yeah almost like death adjacent where it's like it's not necessarily signaling death but it's like a otherworldly like demonic type thing Mm -hmm. or there's a common condition called talipis equinovaris or club feet so basically it when a baby's born and their feet are kind of rotated inward at the ankle mm-hmm. that's club feet and you know on some kids it's like very mild but in, in some severe cases your foot can flatten out and it actually looks like your foot is like completely backwards just because it's like turned so far in mm-hmm. yep interesting those are the probable origins of the Sigwapa. however there are people who have actually claimed to have seen them. So all of the explanations that I just gave you are explanations that it's obviously a myth and these are the myths that it evolved from. Mm-hmm. But people have claimed to have actually seen them right. in real life, for sure. realsies. So I came up with my own theory about what the Suwapa actually is. Are you ready? Yeah. And I've, I've, got, I've got a whole explanation about it. Here's my theory. The Seguapa are an ancient race of people who existed long before the indigenous people reached the Americas, and they still exist, which accounts for the occasional sightings, and they live in small numbers in the forests of the Dominican Republic, purposefully isolating themselves from the modern world. Like the children of the forest from Game of Thrones, almost. Yeah. Or what's that, um, there's plenty of, I shouldn't say plenty, there's a, a few uncontacted tribes, cultures that occur still today. Mm -hmm. This may just be an unconfirmed, isolated, uncontacted culture. And that's my theory. And that's why they try to entice men for sex because they don't want to inbreed. Well, okay. So hear me out. I've got the whole, I've got explanations for every aspect. Okay. I thought about this because there wasn't that much to talk about in terms of the legend of the Suguapa because I don't have access, access, cultural access. I would love to hear actual stories. But as I was reading through everything, I was like, what is it that could make this real and not a myth? Mm-hmm. You know, because there are people who believe it is actually true. 
Yeah. Just as there are people who are who believe that the Wendigo is an actual or, or creature. Bigfoot. Yeah. Right. But what is it that somebody might have seen that would make them think this is the Siguapa and I saw this? So everything points to an isolated tribe. Number one, let's start with height. So we're not talking about like the like a short person, like the occasional this person's shorter than average. We're talking about a group of people that are much shorter uh, as a whole. Mm -hmm. For example, the, there are the modern pygmy ethnic groups. And primarily when you read pygmy, this is in reference to the African pygmy people. But there have been examples of like outside of Africa, pygmy groups. I think there's like an Asiatic. Yeah, Southeast Asia, I think. Right. On an island. The point is, what they all have in common is that the average male height of these tribes is 4 foot and 11 inches. Okay. Which is significantly shorter than what the average American man is, what, 5'10"? Yeah, something, something like around that. there. Maybe even so a solid foot. foot, about a foot shorter than the average American male. Yeah, I mean, especially even in the last, like... 100 150 years just the average height has gone up significantly too right so and these people are isolated so they may not have you know had the same gene pool correct right right so that's proof that like the height thing the, the thing that makes them like smaller different from the rest of the people inhabiting the dominican republic it's an actual documented thing that happens in specific cultures if you want more proof I mean, we're talking about a densely forested area with reduced sunlight. I assume relatively little vitamin D being absorbed, which would limit calcium intake, which would limit bone growth. And if you are, I guess, breeding is the word to use, like within your own small group of people, that's just going to continue perpetuate the. I wouldn't call it breeding. What is what reproducing? Reproducing. <laughs> reproducing. Thank you. That's so much better. Um, not to mention. We're, uh, this, we're talking about a tribe of people that have existed before the indigenous peoples inhabited North America. And the average prehistoric person was five foot two inches or less. Wow. Yeah, that's even taller than I was expecting. I, I was expecting them four and a half. Feet. Right. I was expecting them to be around the 411 mark. Four, yeah, four and a half. Yeah. So this could just be yeah. a people preserved in time. So that's height. Two, how would they have even gotten there if they arrived before everybody else did? So let's just get the coolest explanation out of the way first. Aliens. Of course. Perhaps this is even an ancient alien race, and that would explain the blue skin. Hmm? And these aliens might have even been present in the Americas way before the evolution of modern humanity. You don't even, you don't know. You don't know. Maybe. I don't know. You I, don't know. I, what I'm what I'm wondering though, and I haven't seen any pictures of these. When when they're described as blue skinned, I'm I imagine it's not like blue, it's dark a, blue. I imagine there's just like a blue tinge to like, um, to an actual human skin color, and not just blue like right, an alien. Right, right. So in the original description, they have brown skin, and they they mention it. It's like a perfectly proportional, strong, beautiful woman, just small with long hair long and hair. brown skin. I 
agree with you. I think the blue skin might be perhaps there have been people with very dark skin that have been described as like blue black or like when you think of hair, people say blue black hair. That's true. Perhaps it was just kind of like a. Well, and if they are deep in the forest, too, I wonder if lack of sunlight contributes to like maybe a blue tinge of some kind. Mm -hmm. Maybe I have no idea of the science of that. So let's move move past that. Move past aliens. It's probably not aliens. No. I love the idea that it is an alien tribe just hanging out in the forest of the Dominican Republic. But if I gotta be rational, how would a human have gotten to North America before the indigenous peoples arrived and populated it? Mm hmm. Perhaps this was a species of human that evolved separately from the humans that eventually spread across the globe. Maybe they're not Homo sapiens, as we are, but there are different species of hominid. I mean, we were known as Homo sapiens to have eradicated other species. Yeah, we eradicated the, is it Neanderthal? Mm-hmm. And that, other ones, Homo erectus. And well, I thought we were Homo erectus. Well, maybe we evolved to them. Okay, we probably sound like idiots right now to people who actually know what they're talking about. But there were multiple species of hominids that occurred at a single time. And Homo sapiens happened to wipe out or whoever or was. the other ones just died or they died time. out. Correct. So it's not impossible to imagine that there could have been another evolutionary branch of human beings and and i think there's quite a few examples of that in other life forms too depending on the circumstances needed in your like ecosystem you'll develop similar traits to a completely different branch of mm -hmm. life but you develop like the same type of beak needed like in birds yes yep so i mean i guess that's not that hard to grasp as a possibility and it would make sense if like before the continent shifted to where they are today when things were more connected not like necessarily Pangaea because that's very ancient but like maybe when North and South America were closer to Asia mm -hmm. there was the ability to somehow travel you know across like the Russia area to Alaska and they just came to this side of the earth before yeah. others did. So that's one theory mm -hmm. that I came up with off the top of my head. I think more likely is this third theory. The Americas are thought to have been populated by humans anywhere between 13,000 and 33,000 years ago mm -hmm. by people migrating from Asia across the Bering Land Bridge before it became the Bering Strait. Right. I mean, that's like a major oversimplification of routes and stuff. Sure. But generally, that's what you learn in elementary school. In comparison, it's thought that the Taino people, native to Hispaniola, didn't actually reach the island until about 4000 BCE. Okay, sure. I mean, that's a, that's a crazy long time ago. So we're talking about a people that have inhabited the Dominican Republic for 6,000 years. But... Could it be possible that a group of people came over during that migration, got to the island of Hispaniola, and then were essentially isolated there, forgotten about, until such time as the Taino people came and inhabited it? 
Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like it could have been there for thousands of years. They could have crossed the same Bering Land Bridge. They just happened to get there before. I mean, the I think, recognized. Yeah, I think that's tribe. extremely possible. Just because it would be so easy to forget about one or two, you know, small families or tribes of people to leave your community, and you know, you assume they died, but mm-hmm. it turns out they started populating a small island. Right. Well, large island. But yeah, large yeah. island. Okay. So we've basically just established through all of that that my theory is not impossible. No, not at all. So here's my full explanation. There was a people that lived on the island of Hispaniola for thousands of years before the arrival of the Taino people. I would like to say that it's actually a race of aliens, but it's more likely just a tribe of people who moved there and were forgotten for centuries until the Taino people rediscovered the island. These people, being an ancient race and staying exclusively on that island for thousands of years, retained the characteristics of the original ancient shorter-statured people that would have moved across the land bridge. Sure. They had dark brown skin that could have been misconstrued as dark blue, I suppose, if you're in the right light. I'm not sure. But they have dark brown skin and obviously amazing hair that they grew out to be amazingly beautifully long for, I don't know, cultural reasons. Or it's hot there, so, like, they decided clothes aren't their thing. And they just... And they have the hair for And they have hair for protection. (laughs) Whatever, you know, be free. Free the nipple. After living on this island for thousands of years, establishing their culture, the Taino people arrived expecting the island to be uninhabited. Obviously, these original people, who I'm just going to call the Saguapa now tried to protect themselves and their island from this invading people. And this is why they're the Siguapa now are associated with violent death. Like they physically wanted to protect their their territory. territory. However, the Taino were able to take over the island and the original inhabitants maybe resorted to preserving their lines by intermixing with the Taino. Mm-hmm. However, Taino weren't into this, and they saw these people as enemies still, like lesser than, probably. So the, the, the Siguapa were kind of, over time, viewed as seductresses who would lure you in just to kill you, instead of, you not know, people in, just trying to survive. Yeah, not inbreeding. Correct. So over time, because obviously... You know, the the Siguapa probably moved farther and farther back trying to isolate themselves to protect themselves. Over time, the numbers of these people dwindled and they retreated to the mountains where they still reside today. But because their population is so small and they're all like they're having kids within their own community, they've retained their genetic appearance, which would be dark skin, short stature. And my guess Maybe the backwards feet is a genetic defect, like club feet, that's been passed on through the generations and is just a very common trait. trait. There, I mean, there are specific, and I don't have, a, I don't have names or facts for this, but I know there are, there are certain cultures where like the 
the population of deaf people is incredibly high. So their language has evolved to be both spoken and sign language. Right. And that's because, you know, they're in isolated communities. And so that genetic predisposition for deafness has just continued on and grown in that community. Yeah, so they're adapting. Right. So potentially the, you know, maybe not all of them have this quote unquote backwards feet, but it's a genetic trait that happens to show up frequently within this community. And I mean, this is speculation, but maybe what I said earlier was like maybe half correct. Like maybe it was a, you know, a genetic mutation that actually served a purpose for better grasping onto trees when you're up in the trees and could be maybe something like that. So over time, in this case, 6,000 years since the Taino have arrived, the knowledge of the existence of this tribe has been lost. They've, I mean, they've been as isolated as they possibly can be. And the stories of these people were passed on as legends. Don't go out into the woods at night. There's people in the woods that might kill you. There's these seductresses. Like those those threads of truth from thousands of years ago have passed on and essentially now it's just become a ghost story. Right. One thing that's mentioned that I totally forgot is they don't talk. They whine. They communicate through whining and grunting. Okay, yeah. I, I forgot about that too. So yeah, that makes more sense because. Yep. And I don't, they they likely have their own language. It's just been construed as sounding like whines or grunts. Or, you know, if you make sounds trying to communicate with somebody who doesn't understand you. Right. You know, it's going to sound like grunts and chirps and stuff. Yeah, people that don't know English say that the English sound like snakes from all the us sounds we make. Yes. So that could explain the the no speaking, the fact that they don't speak. Instead of just being an enemy tribe, now the Saguapa are just evil, bewitching temptresses who look like us but are not us in the minds of the people who reside on the Dominican Republic. Interesting. Through stories. And that would also explain why they might die in captivity because there have been several documented uh, cases of isolated tribes being contacted by modern humans and dying in large numbers from disease or even the stress of just like being away from their culture and their everyday life. Right. Yeah. I mean, like I always try to imagine like what if like someone from like the 14th century was just placed in modern times with like skyscrapers and cell phones and everything. Just completely different from your way of life. I think shock could contribute. Shock and sadness and depression could contribute to your death. And that's been documented. So I say that the people who have claimed to see the Siguapa are not lying. They've actually come in contact with a rarely seen tribe of the original island inhabitants and the legends surrounding them just influenced the way they've interpreted their encounters and just to reiterate this was colleen's theory this was not this 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 was not the actual myth or truth like actual truth that this is a tribe this but this does make a lot of sense though the first half of this podcast describing what the suwapa is where it comes from that is the truth. The, the, the truth of myth. the, 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 the legend. Yes. The second half is my awesome hypothesis as to what it might actually be. It's not, I mean, it would make sense scientifically. I mean, there's uh, like no 
proof, but it would come in line with a lot of other things that occurred on mm-hmm. Earth. Interesting. I like it. Yeah. I mean, it's entirely possible that somebody has already had this hypothesis and it's written in like an amazing Spanish paper somewhere. And it's already been debunked. And it's already been debunked. But um, from my research, that's that's my theory. I'm going to even make it weirder and I'm going to say I aliens. No, I don't think so. That's your weakest theory <laughs> in know. this circumstance. That's cool. I like it. But the Saguapa. Interesting Dominican legend. Yeah. And as Colleen said, too, if you're listening and you have like if you're from the area or if you're familiar with the the story of the Saguapa, maybe let us know. I would love something like a, like a personal story, like a family story. That's yeah. Passed down. Somebody, you know, claims to have seen one or even if you know, it's like a fake story, but like it's one that's passed on through your family. I would love to hear it and I will read it. Yeah. We don't have a listener story today, but if you have Mm-mm. any stories about any personal spooky experiences, send it over. But for today, instead of a listener story, I found this very interesting news story from a couple months ago. It's a little older, but I wanted to share it with Colleen. Okay. And this is from Live Science. A young woman's menstrual cycle brought tears to her eyes, but unlike most period-related tears, hers were bright red tears of blood. Metal. What? (laughs) So, this 25-year-old visited an emergency room with bloody tears oozing from both eyes. It was her second such episode in the past two months, and that's what doctors reported. Blood tears are a very rare condition known as hemolacria. Mm-hmm. And there's a many different causes that could be related to this. But in this case, her eyes were otherwise normal and she was not ill or injured. However, both instances of these bloody tears coincided with the onset of her period. And the physicians notated this in their reports. Normal menstruation can sometimes trigger cyclical bleeding around or outside the uterus known as vicarious menstruation. The women's crimson teardrops likely (laughs) represented a highly unusual convergence of two conditions, vicarious menstruation and hemolacria, leading to period-triggered tears of blood. Can you imagine if, like, every time you had your period, you also cried blood? Okay, that would have made getting out of school for pain so much easier. Because, okay... I'm just going to whine about this. Cramps suck, man. It's basically like birth pains minus the birth part. And if you have to sit, like, deal with that during, I don't know, geometry, and you, like, are like, dude, I have to get out of here, and your geometry teacher is like, just suck it up. Everybody has to go through this. 50% of the world is to go through this. Like, yes, that's true, but that doesn't make it any less painful. So if I had, like, an outward sign such as bloody tears, they'd be like, holy shit, get out of here. I I will say also this this article goes more in depth uh, to why this is the case and not many of the other causes of bleeding out of your eyes. Um, So it definitely is linked to her menstruation cycle. Um, also, there's a picture. I'm just going to show it to Colleen. Oh, badass. 
Um, That's an album cover. And in summation of this, I will say I love the song Bloody Tears in Castlevania. That's a great song. Ah. Um, but yeah, that's all for that. I just thought that Didn't, was cool. In the Bible, and I don't remember this, but in the Bible, do they not say that like before the crucifixion, Jesus cried tears of blood? I think that might just be something that like a lot of like Renaissance artists into sure stuff i think i had to watch a documentary or something in like one of my religion classes about how that's scientifically possible because stress reactions yeah i don't think that's like an actual thing from like the actual bible i think that's just something that was adopted by christians as a symbolic thing just as you know dante's inferno happened in the 13th century in his divine comedy and there's no actual representation of the devil being in fire or sure. anything like that beforehand. So, just interesting. Point is, pretty badass. Brutal. Yeah, and if you would like to send us a story, as I said, send it over. Also, if you just have ever seen an article, too, just like the one we've yeah. read that like fascinated you and just wanted to, you know us to touch on it, too, you can send it our way as well. I love a good, interesting, spooky article. Um. You can send it to any of our social medias. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram are all at NerdslothHQ. And you could email us at podcast at NerdSloth.com. Put a little spooky in the subject line, please. Yes. We'll be at you next week with something for sure. Yes. We will talk to you then, spooky fans. All right. We love you. We love Bye. You. Bye. Presented by NerdSloth, a place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.